Okay, everybody, Stephen Key here, and I have a wonderful guest today. I'm so excited. I have Jonah White. Jonah, thank you very much for coming on, first of all. My pleasure, Stephen. And I know everybody knows this gentleman that's on today um, because he's got a product that I've just loved over the years because it's fun. It puts a smile on your face. It's so simple. There it is. There it is. Let's see, I look like Mel Gibson from the side. <laughs> what do you think? You know, the first time I saw these, it was years ago, and I was at a party, and someone put these in, and they're across the room, and they smiled at me. And I looked over, I thought, what the heck is going on? And he played a joke, and later he came up to me, he took them out, and I was like, what just happened? Um, this is wonderful. How long has this been selling for? I've been selling those for, I don't know, 27 years. How many years? 27. You don't look that old, old. Steven. Jonah, you don't look that old. I know. I, I, I got cursed, Stephen. This was my first attempt at business after I graduated college. I graduated with a degree in biology. I was a biology nerd and slash football player at Missouri State. And um, I got cursed. And, you know, I hit the home run with the first time at bat. And... It's really been a cursing, and, uh, you know, there's always another side to the story. People don't get that one. And, uh, you know, my my best friend was my first business partner, and we started the business for the right reasons. We weren't out to get rich. You know, um, making money was just – it was, wasn't really about the bank account or the numbers in it at all. You know, I, I, I was living at my parents' house. It, we didn't have, you know, boards to appease and we didn't have bankers to appease. It took, wow, oh, you know, it took three years to get a credit card terminal when we started. It was just, we were two guys having fun in the prime of our life right out of college. And we're like, you know, we're going to make some money, but we're going to have incredible lives. And, you know, making money was, was like number four, or number five on the priority, you know, hierarchy. And uh, people don't start businesses for that reason anymore, Stephen. And they, they start, they, they set themselves up for failure and they, they start businesses so screwed up. Like, okay. you know, it's like you're going on a, a blind date with the idea you're going to marry this person because they have something or whatever, some agenda. Uh, you know, business and inventions and items and products, to me, they're a, a means of having an awesome life, not, not about making a bunch of money and buying a big house or something. I don't know. Okay. but. I went on on a rant and a rave there, Stephen, so well, sorry I, about that. No, I'm really glad you said that because um, there's a lot of twists and turns and and you're going to be um, struggling half the time. So if you're doing it for the money, you'll probably give up early, won't you? I mean, don't you have to find a passion in it? Well, people people typically don't give up early because they're working on someone else's money. Oh. You know, like, 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 you know, like Margaret Thatcher says or said... Like socialism is wonderful until you run out of other people's money. And I've seen so many people start these businesses, you know, with venture capitalist money and they, they're using someone else's money. And I'm like, you sure you want to do that? I don't know that I would right. do that if I was like having to like borrow on my title for my parents car or something. I don't know that I would do this, but they're like, like, no, it's not a big deal. You know, we got all this. I didn't know what venture capitalist was. For quite some time and i'm i'm not knocking it at all must um, a lot of people do this and they have to but 
it's just it's very once again once you start a business for the wrong reason okay um it, it it's very difficult it's a slippery slope it's very okay. difficult to kind of achieve what you're wanting to achieve when you've kind of okay set it up kind of in the wrong tracks in the first place. So Jonah, you don't have a background in business, but you're running a multi-million dollar business. How's that work? Well, I mean, you know this, Stephen, if you're going to do something awesome in life, you're going to teach yourself how to do this. You know, you can't, there isn't a college course called living awesome or, <laughs> or, 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 or whatever, or, or doing what no one else can do. Like these professors that are teaching you this, you know, from their computer screen in Santa Fe, New Mexico, wherever they are, you know, they, they don't know how to do this. You, you have to figure this out. And the okay. way you figure this out, my thing was, was to come at it with a different approach. You know, there's what, four and a half, five billion people. Like you want what everybody else wants. You're going to get where they got, right? If you want something more, well, and I'm not very smart. I don't ever claim to be, but I know if you want something more, you're going to have to give more. And people think, now and it's very very popular you know it'd be smarter not work harder i don't I'm, i don't subscribe to that or even know that and and you know and you know my business is just a few million dollars a year like i don't claim to be you know you know enron or some big huge company right yeah but jonah you you know you you said the other day that how many of these how many have you sold of these quite a few 22 22 million and you've got another product we're going to talk about in a, in, a minute, in a minute that's doing extremely well. But you had to pick it up from someone. Did you just learn along the way or did you bring some people to help you or, or did you just make mistakes? I mean, how did you overcome oh, all mean, this stuff? Well, you overcome mistakes. First off, there is not a 100% answer out there ever. So people... People look and seek for this 100% answer for whatever this issue is, and it doesn't exist, right? So you have to come to grips that good enough is sometimes good enough, and some people can't do that, and it holds them back in life and in business. Okay. Um, and uh, there is a happy median out there somewhere. There's a logarithm out there. So, you know, I set this business up for the right reason. You know, the only thing I'd really been successful for uh, with in my life uh, when I looked at it, was football. Uh, my senior year in football, I was I, I was the number one rusher in the nation in in 1988, and I went to college and didn't even get a scholarship. I walked on and and I became dominant and I figured out how to succeed in football. And it wasn't all being just stronger and meaner and faster. It was you had to you have tact and you had to people had to like you. I, I wrote a book. Here's my book here. I wrote a book, The Billy Bob's Secret to Life, and you know, I talked in there about how I climbed to the top of my little football realm that I was on, and I really got there by telling a joke to the football team, believe it or not. It wasn't because I scored all these touchdowns or I was tougher than everybody, because I was. That wasn't, being good at, being the best isn't how you get the best. Okay. It, it, it's, it's a well-rounded answer, okay. and it, everyone had to like me, and they had to know my name, and the coaches, many of them, well, not many, one or two of the key coaches did not like me because they didn't pick me and they didn't recruit me. I just showed up like a stray dog. But I got everybody to like me because I started telling jokes to the football team. Um, and everyone looked forward to hearing my joke on Monday. So everyone knew okay. who I was. And then when I would do great on the football field, they accepted me. 
Okay. It's weird. Something like football. There's even politics in that. Business, football, everything. So would you so, say from that story and all the success that you have, building relationships, being likable oh, is pretty important? Yeah. Very, very. How, how your approach and your tact and what you are is maybe more. No, it's definitely more important than what it is you're trying to sell. Hmm. You, you, I have seen people, the, if you look, the, the items that make the most money in this world aren't the best items. They're not. They're the best, they're the best promoted items. When you look at some of these companies out there, huge Nike, Under Armour, they're smart, right? I don't even like their stuff. They're so smart and they know how to do it. And, you know, they have the advantage now because they're at the top, you know? Okay. When, when, when Under Armour started, they just had stretchy long underwear. That's, that's how they started their whole business. I remember seeing this saying, these guys better get on this or it's going to get ripped off real quick. And they okay. did. They hired smart people. They had probably wow. venture capitalist money. They knew what they were doing. Now, I'm the other end. You know, I'm the one who crawled up out of the ground, right? I'm, I'm, I'm the little animal that, that dug its way out. I'm not the gigantic machine like they are. But it's all different. Everything's okay. different. There is no golden rule. You okay. just need to be smart. Now, don't make mistakes that you can't afford to make. Don't try to do things that you can't afford to do. Okay. You'd be, there's, there's, you could pull things off. There's things that you should not attempt to try to pull off. And that right there is, is your instincts talking. Okay. So, John, let's get back to building relationships for a minute. How do you, because I don't think people realize that most people want to work with people they like. Mm -hmm. Right. And you, you hit the nail on the head by being friendly, by telling jokes. Is there anything that you could give to the audience that's listening? If they're working with the company, do you fly out and meet them? Do you meet them at a trade show? Do you take them out to dinner? I mean, how do you build that that relationship? Is there any tips there? Because you're very good at it. You're very personable. People seem to really like you. How do you do that? Is this something you just have or did you learn how to do it? Uh, Well, I was my... I was taught. I didn't have it. Um, I, I picked it up from my first business partner. Uh, everyone liked him. When he walked into a room, everyone looked at him. He gravit People gravitated towards him. And I was raw. I was a, a diamond in the rough. And I, I knew that to get in places in business I wanted to get, I needed to pick up the ways that he had and instincts that he had. And I I, I was always talking to him and quizzing to him about how did you get this person to like you in the room? And I, I will never be as good as he was at getting people to like me, but they, I, I'm very effective at getting people to like me for what I am and not being something, not that he was. Many people can get everyone to kind of act like they like them, but really they don't. And when they leave the room, they don't remember who that person is. What I would say, Stephen, is, you know, you need to, a person needs to have a hierarchy that they write on their on their chalkboard or on their mirror or whatever, and with their goals in life and what they are they want to achieve. And the things that are at the top of that list, they need to put the most energy into. And one thing that really bugs me that people like to say is I, I give 100%, right? You know, I, I gave 100% for my job today, you know. Oh, no, you didn't. You don't know what 100% is. 99% of people do not. 100% is really more like 60, maybe 50. Um, 
um, you know, when I was when I spoke at a speaking event, I got to meet a person called the Iron Cowboy. I don't know if you ever met him before. It was one, one of Greg Reed's events that I spoke at, and he was a speaker there. And the guy, the 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 dude ran fifty Ironmans in fifty days in fifty states. Wow! And which, which sounds impossible, and it statistically is, but the guy did it. And um, and it's you know it's crazy. Anyway, I was I was talking to him later on after the event and whenever you know not a lot of times in in life you get to be around somebody that is in the entire world of four and a half billion people they can do something that no other human being can do and when you're around someone like this you need to really be a sponge okay uh not that you're always around someone like this but you they have nuggets of information that will help you in other areas okay. if you're giving a hundred percent and you learn these things. You pick them up. And when you when you apply them, when you use them, is up to your instinct. But you learn them. Okay. And I asked him. I said, you know, how many could you actually do? You know, have you ever thought about it? I know you're never probably going to do this again. He says, No, I'm not. He said, But I I believe I could do a hundred. I could do a hundred Ironmans in a hundred days in a hundred different states, wherever. And I said to him, How much? You know, because up here this dude is. He's reprogrammed. I think he was like you and I. He has a little more talent than most, but he's not some supernatural gift. It wasn't given to him at birth. He programmed this up here, and he had to teach himself that what it was acceptable and what wasn't. And this individual, he understands what 100% is. Okay. Now, most people have no idea. He says most people only get 50 to 60% of their potential of anything. Hmm. Now, his 100% was running, was physical. Okay. But 100% to me is all-encompassing. It's at night thinking about how can I make this person in the room like me? What kind of businesses do they have that I could complement with these items here that I'm doing? You're thinking about this at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Okay. You know, most so, people, when, when, they, they think when they check out at work at 5 o'clock, they gave 100% somewhere, and that's they don't not understand it, what it is. So how... Um... How early do you start your day? Uh, I typically wake up about 6.30 and I start feeding animals. Okay. And we're going to show some animals up on... We're going to cut this in and show some of the great animals that you have. How... When do you go to bed? How late? Uh, I don't get a lot of sleep. I've tried to condition myself not to sleep a lot. I typically go to bed somewhere around 10, 11 o'clock, and I typically don't sleep until about 12 or 1. My mind is just working. Okay. So you basically, what about Saturdays and Sundays? What do you do then? Every day is the same for me. I love that. They are for me too. Okay. If it's a Monday or a Sunday or a Friday night, it's the same. All right. There's no seven days a week. You, you, no. you have your own schedule. Okay. A lot of people don't understand that. Um, do you like vacations? There's 365 days in my week. Okay. Um, How about vacations? I do like vacations. Okay. Uh, I, I do. But even when I go on vacation, I can't shut this thing off. It's still, it's, it's now, it's now starting to think about, it's starting to break apart other things that I'm doing, other places, okay. and where other opportunities are. I never can shut this thing off. But okay. I, I get away from cell phones, and I'm not, you know, in January, uh, I'm hiking the Inca Trail with my wife, uh, going to go to Machu Picchu, and I, we won't have cell service for four or five days. We went to the Grand Canyon last November and hiked rim to rim. Okay. Um, 
I do things like this when I'm away from cell service and away from where things, and, and then my body has to, like other things have to work in it. And then obviously you have physical activity. But yeah, hiking well, to Machu Picchu is like what I call a vacation. Yeah, it's going to get harder and harder to get out of cell range, but I'm glad that you're trying. Okay, um, let's talk about your new product for just a minute because you made a big change from novelty to kind of, what what category is it in? Is it health and beauty or what, what category? Oh, oral care. Oral, oral care. care. Okay, mm -hmm. we're going to show that up on the screen too. So it, it has to do with teeth again, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. Teeth, I know. I, you go back to what you know, Stephen. Okay. Well, that's very smart. I mean, that business has really taken off for you. How many stores are you in? I'm in about 12,000 stores today in the United States. Where is everything being manufactured? Uh, I manufacture in Taiwan and in China. And then everything gets... Uh, I, I've, I've, uh, I opened up a factory in Taiwan in 1997, and I've manufactured there for, what is that, 22 years? Okay. Um, I pretty much, I guess you could say I own that factory okay. as much as you can own something in Asia. <laughs> so let's talk about the money for just a minute, the float game, because we talked about that, I think, last week a little bit. People don't really understand. If you're in 12,000 stores, you're floating a lot of money, aren't you, out the door? Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to yeah. make it, you got to ship it, and then you have to get paid. Mm -hmm. Is that in yeah. hundreds of thousands or is that in the millions of dollars, the float game? Uh, I would say hundreds of thousands, you know, it, uh, there's a, you know, it's, it's painful when you begin, okay. but then once it's going, it's not, it's just a matter of balancing numbers Okay. once you get going. Um, but then again, it does, you know, I have one chain of stores that's 18,000 stores and they're getting ready to, in uh, February, roll out with a private label. I'm manufacturing products for them. Um, and they're rolling out in 18,000 stores with uh with my own, with my patented items with their label. Well, that's so got to be a pretty big a, float there, isn't it? I mean That's going to be a big one, yeah. Okay, that's so another... do you ever ever have to chase companies down so they pay you? Do you have to chase them down? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And companies go out of business. I've had to write off, you know, several million dollars in my career okay. where companies go bankrupt, they don't. You know, I one mistake that I made was you you really never ever should take things for face value. You need to always question everything. Um, you're being wise if you question things. Okay. If you just trust things because this company's publicly traded and I love their coffee mugs or I love their shirts or whatever, okay. those are the people that screw you and then they don't pay you and then they stretch you out, stretch you out. They do this to hundreds of people and then they go b bankrupt and okay. then you're you're out. But yeah, I I've got. Okay. I can tell you those stories. What All not right. to do in business? I know that book. Okay, so let's let's get back to the product you're launching now. Um, James is is going to put it up on the screen. So imagine it's up on the screen now. What is it called and what does it do? Uh, well, I make a line of oral care products, you know, products for your teeth. Um, my patented item that I have in there is a is a temporary tooth replacement kit, and it is basically strips of simulated teeth. And if a person's missing a tooth, you cut and shape. A, a tooth that matches the shades of your other of your existing teeth out of the kit, and then it molds in hot water behind uh, behind your adjacent teeth, and you have a plastic tooth now uh, where you had a hole before, and it lasts for up to a year. Very nice. No, I saw the packaging looks wonderful. By the way, 
Thank so you. So you're going to do a lot of juggling, right? From finance to shipping to make sure pay, people pay you. How do you do it all? How many, how many, do you have a lot of support people around you? How do you do it all? I have about 20 employees right now. Um, I have a very good infrastructure. Um, I, you know, um, the employees that I have are very loyal. Uh, I hire loyal people. I don't hire for talent. Um, I'm not a talent scout. Um, the employees that have the most talent oftentimes are the ones that have the biggest problems that you face down the road when you hire them as far as being a business owner. Okay. Um, but loyalty is something that you really just can't measure. And um, you have to accept the fact when people make mistakes, sometimes these mistakes are very costly. Uh, we've had people make $50,000 mistakes here before that we've had to eat. Okay. Um, but, you know, that's part of that's part of doing business. You know, it's a I run the I run this company like it's a family okay. and um, I'm no better than anyone else. When the when the toilet plugs up in the bathroom here, the employees come to me to get me to fix it. You know, uh, I'm that guy. Jonah, thank you very much for your time and your honesty and your your empathy just about life. I mean, I, I really enjoy you and what you do. And I love that you love animals, too, because I'm a big animal lover, too. So um, yeah. thank you for your time. And uh, everyone, Halloween, always get the teeth. And if you're missing the tooth, he's got a brand new product. Buy it. I saw it. It looks fantastic. Jonah, thank you very much. Thank you, Stephen.